0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh my gosh. First of all, like it's it's long overdue. Um, you know, it's always been a pleasure uh collaborating with you. And I know previously you had me on some panels for A B Side, so I figure like, you know, I gotta I gotta have Garrick on the podcast. Like this, you know, this is what the podcast is missing. Uh, I appreciate
0: so, the love. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I you gotta forgive me because I know um I keep calling you Garrick. And I, I got to put some respect on your name, especially with it being National Doctors Day. Like, that's a whole <laughs> issue for me saying that. So if I call you, Garrick, I need you to correct me and let me know. No, it's, it's, it's Dr. Garrick, Dr.
0: Garrett, Dr. Garrick, I have
1: Yeah. So, so, Garrick, t- Dr. Garrick, tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself.
0: Okay. Yeah. So uh, my name is Garrick Bollier. I am a fifth year doctoral candidate uh, currently on internship. I'm the vice chair of DC DCABSI. I'm the immediate past um, Eastern Graduate Representative for ABSI Student Circle, and um, yeah, I'm I'm in a bunch of different committees. I'm a member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated, Uh, and yeah, I'm from Jersey, born and raised, uh, but I'm currently residing in Baltimore. And um, I recently just accepted a a postdoc position at the VA, so I'm excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for my next journey. And um, yeah, that's about it.
1: That's amazing, Dr. Garrick. Like, I I really love the fact that you are showing up authentically as you. Um, even as I I look at you, like you're a black man with a beard. I think I see some tattoos. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I got a. <laughs> where is uh, the camera? Yeah, so I got a Phoenix. I got a lion. I can't. Oh my gosh.
1: Yes.
0: It is. <laughs> My brands, you know, nose piercing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah, now all of I'm, that,
1: right? Yeah,
0: yeah, always. I, I really think that, you know, that that being your authentic self really helps in the therapy room, and yeah. also, um, I need to be authentic, or I I personally can't function straight, you know. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate and respect being in places that can accept me for who I am, you know. Yeah. And that really can, you know, um, either hurt. Or help, you know, your mental health when you're in that job or position you're in. So
1: for sure, for sure. You know, Dr. Garrick, like I-, I love that you brought that up because I remember a time in my uh career, even in grad school, where I didn't feel comfortable always showing up authentically. Like it- it's it's real. It's one of the things that us as like black doctors we go through. I think when people They might see us, you know, speaking, being the president of uh, the student circle for ABCI um, on TV, like all these parts of our journey. But they don't recognize like there were there may have been some aspects of imposter syndrome there. Um, And so we're going to kind of dig a little bit deeper into that as because it's National Doctors Day. And, you know, I know some amazing black doctors and I appreciate you for um, uh, accepting the invitation. Um, But first, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired your career choice to become a doctor?
0: Yeah, and I love telling the story, you know. Um I'm not the typical doctor. I tell people this all the time. Love it. Um yeah, like just a little bit about myself. I wasn't even trying to become a doctor or let alone go to grad school, you know. Wow. Yes, yeah, like rewind back it's like I'm like middle school, you know, and I was obsessed with Law & Order SVU. Mm. You know, so throughout middle school and high school I stayed watching that show, Law & Order SVU, and I had the intentions of becoming a police officer, detective like Stabler or Benson.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But as I was watching the show, I I was like a big fan. Dr. Wong always stood out to me. He was the forensic psychiatrist that was like um, interviewing the the criminals, you know, and helping Benson and Stabler, you know, figure out how to catch the guys or like how to get through the guy. Mm -hmm. And more and more I saw Dr. Wong, I'm like, yo, I actually like what he's doing more than being a cop. So um, that's when psychology was like, boom, like behaviors, yeah. really trying to understand behaviors and things like that. So I was trying to go more in the forensic psychology route.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so yeah, so I majored in psychology in undergrad. And as I got older, you know, and, and, and navigating and developed through college, uh, I realized that, you know, um, I'm gonna need to go to grad school. So I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. I'm going to get my master's. But I had friends who were older than me. And um, when they graduated and I was still in school, they were telling me how hard it was to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, man. So it took them a couple of years to actually find that career job. You know, so um, I graduate college. I took a year off. And I'm a case manager at a mental health facility. Um, and I was just doing research, you know, and I discovered uh, a degree called PsyD. Mm. You no, know, I was never interested in getting my PhD because I was not a big fan of research at all. <laughs> um, but I never heard of this degree called PsyD. It was like,
1: oh, you know,
0: <laughs> like, like a opening up. Like this is a doctorate focusing on clinical work. Like this is literally for me. Yeah. So I decided to pursue my doctorate because I saw it like this. Okay, if I get my master's, I may need to get another job or mm-hmm. other stuff or like this. There's, there's always going to be another next step right i decided to get my doctorate to a save time because i believe if i have my doctorate that's the highest degree in the field Mm -hmm. um so as far as credentials wise that's the highest i can go i'm saving money because i don't have to go to i don't have to go to grad school to get my master's graduate and then apply to another doctorate program pay for tuition and do and go through that whole process so i'm saving time um by going five years straight versus, you know, taking time off and all that stuff, saving money. And that mm-hmm. was a really, that was ultimately my reason. But yeah. once I got into school, you know, I was like, wow, like, you know, the, 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 the power and the platform I can use as a psychologist um is really big and really important. Yeah. So as I got older, I changed in a way of like my intentions of pursuing this degree and getting this degree. And I, and I tell people, all, I tell people this all the time, like, yeah, I wasn't even trying to be a doctor, you know? And I tell like the younger generation, like it's okay if being a doctor is not in your plan because it wasn't in mine. And that's the whole thing about life. That's the whole thing about developing. That's the whole thing about maturity. You know, you, you have experiences and you think, Hmm, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, 10 years ago, I graduated high school, you know, so class of 2012. Shout out to shout out to us. Um, and if you told my, uh, you, if you told me back in 2012 when I was uh, when I was a graduating senior in high school that I would be a doctor, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, not that I wouldn't, not that I didn't think I would have done it, but I didn't think that I would have wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, so just keep an open mind for anybody that is trying to pursue anything. Just keep an yeah. open mind.
1: I love how you say like you're you're encouraging the next generation to to keep that open mind and to kind of broaden their perspective. Like they, too, can follow that path, even though it might not be something that's originally in their plan. And I think even beyond like the the verbal encouragement, I think just by looking at you, people can be inspired to become a doctor, especially uh, black people. Um, You are and, you know, other black doctors. I, I, I describe us as an anomaly. And so an anomaly is something that deviates from what is a standard, the Mm. norm, or what is expected. So I'm wondering for you, Garrick, when did you realize that you were an an anomaly, an anomaly?
0: (laughs) Honestly, I knew it off the rip, like back in undergrad, Um, you know, major in psychology. There wasn't a lot of black guys in Psych 101. You know, that, that was the, you know, the basic course everybody was trying to take that and you know it's, it's those big lecture halls with like over 100 people right you know but as you advance you know the classes got smaller and smaller and people weren't taking these courses just to check stuff off these were people who were psych meters and time after the time I, I i always noticed like damn i'm the only black guy or damn <laughs> i'm the only black person yeah you know like it was so i was just totally used to it i've Um, I had a lot more female friends than male friends Mm -hmm. um, because the field was just so predominantly like women. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and obviously these are the classes I'm taking. These are the people I'm going to be around. So I'm thankful of my fraternity and just friends from back home that that could be around more of a male presence. But within the field, yeah, most of my friends are predominantly women just because the field is predominantly women. So. Um, yeah, just being a man, let alone a black man mm-hmm. off the rip, um, in my cohort right now, I'm the only black man. Um, and I'm one of four guys total.
1: Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. That's gotta be a lot of pressure too. Like, feeling yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, like I see it as pressure, but I don't, okay. I just, um, I see it as more inspirational. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's crazy because, like, I never had a guy to look up to as far as, like. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: You know, trying to, you know, as far as I like, can mentor. Um, there was one there was a black guy ahead of me and in, uh, in the court above me he dropped out his second year mm-hmm. and i met him my first year when i was in grad school and i was and i was now i was gonna and i was like with him like this and then uh my second year came his third year came and i was hitting him up because i i haven't i wasn't really seeing him around campus
1: yeah
0: and he just went ghost and oh, i was wow. talking to him the cohort and like yeah he's done i'm just like from there i was just like damn i feel like i'm alone you know wow um, and i just saw like you know what whatever I won't let, I won't do that to the next guy that comes out to me, you know, and through my social media, IG and Twitter, you know, black men with in, in the mental health field would like reach out to me. Hey man, you mind if I uh, pick your brain, stuff like that. And I was always like extending my hand because um, we need, you know, mentors. We need, we got to look at the crime and um, I wish him the best uh with his journey but yeah that that really hurt that really affected it hurt me a little bit Absolutely. When, I, uh, when I found that like he wasn't because that from there there really wasn't there was no other black black men and then um the chorus below me I didn't really see that many black men and then now I don't even know because I'm an internship yeah. but yeah um
1: yeah wow that's that's so interesting like You bring up such a great point about how like we can establish these um, mentee mentor type of relationships. But what happens when the mentor doesn't, you know, continue on the path that we're kind of like following them for, you know, what what drew us to them? And I, I think that's why it's so important to have a cohort of people who are Black, who are in the mental health space, and who, like, have your back. Like you said, like, I love that you're able to offer that type of support to other people. Um, you, you mentioned that you're currently on internship. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast and you don't really know about, like, the tra- trajectory toward <laughs> becoming a, a licensed clinical psychologist, So after about four to five years of academic work and being in the classroom, we have to do one year of a full-time internship. So that's like pretty much our job. So Garrick, I'm wondering for you, like what was that transition like from being a a student to like actually being in the field right now?
0: Yeah, it was was surreal because like at first as an extern, you're only at the site like two times, maybe three Mm -hmm. times a week. You know, internship, you're there every day. Um, so I was just getting used to just waking up and showing up to a job, you know, when a right. nine to five and, um, another big difference is that you get paid, you get paid, yeah. you know, like as an extern, you're doing all this work for free mm-hmm. again, for free. And as an intern, you're getting paid. Now it's not a lot, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not balling, but listen, I get a paycheck every two weeks and, um, for not be in, and, uh, um, and you,
1: you at the VA, right?
0: Uh, no, that's my postdoc. I'm at okay. uh, Grove Hospital Center. It's a psychiatric it. Yeah. Okay. I'm working with the state, but um, but yeah, like you know, so you're getting paid. So I think also I don't mind staying a little later to do more work because okay. at least I knowing like, okay, cool. I'm getting a paycheck. One,
1: yeah. two.
0: I get something called um comp uh comp hours. So I we can't get overtime at my internship. But the extra hours can go towards um, getting a day off,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, versus being an extern, you know, you're, you're working for free. And sometimes you have to do work at home, you know, writing reports, you know, writing a therapy note. So you're doing all this extra stuff, you know, for free. Now it's experience. And that's, you know, and that's how they sell it to you. You know, you're getting experience, you're getting experience. But as you know, just as a student, as a broke college student, you know, you need something more. So I really appreciate getting paid now. Yeah. Um also the workload um is definitely more compared to being an extern because you're there every day. Um they expect more from you because you're an intern and um I'm really thankful with my internship particularly that we have experience being a supervisor. So, yeah, so That's I'm super, Yeah, I'm supervising a a third year extern right now. So, in addition to having my clinical work, I'm getting experience uh, being a supervisor because um some people don't get a super, supervi- supervisorial experience until they're postdoc. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I'm learning about different supervision models, um, how to approach uh, my supervisee mm-hmm. um, and just learning s- tips and skills like that. You know, so I'll be a little bit more comfortable when um, postdoc comes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I-, I love that they're offering like that, that wide range of experience, because that's really going to prepare you for beyond postdoc, like just uh, being in the field, being a supervisor, having all these clinical skills. Um, so that's amazing. I'm glad to hear that you were transitioning well um, with that. But my internship year was hard because, Gary, listen, that was my technically my first full-time job. Like I never, like Monday through Friday, what? Like I can't get my nails done in the middle of the day? Like what? What is this? Who would actually want to work full time? Like this is trash. But eventually I got used to it. Um, timeliness was definitely difficult for me at first. Uh, because I, you know, I was about 15 minutes away from the hospital that I worked at. I was oh, still late. Oh. I was stopped it. Duncan. It's trash. <laughs> but um the, the work ethic came with practice, I guess. I I don't know. Um
0: and another big thing is that as an intern, you're still a student, you know? So um, although there's more, there's a bigger workload, you know, there's, there, the expectations are more of you than an extern, you're still a student. And that's something that kept me grounded um, as I progressed and navigated this internship. You know, I was just thinking like, oh man, I need to know everything. When in reality that it's okay to not know everything mm-hmm. because you're still learning. You still are under a supervisor, you know? And at the end of the day, if you knew everything, you know, that means you wouldn't be, you wouldn't, you couldn't grow because you know everything, you know? So, um, my supervisor, um, I'm in my second and final rotation, but my supervisor for my first rotation, she, uh, repeatedly, you know, kept mentioning that to me like, yes, yeah, you know, it's okay. Um, you know, this, this, you know, and you're learning new things, you know, there were some things that I needed some more work on. There's some things I wasn't really, uh, there were some things that were just new to me and, um, that's okay. That's all part of the your professional development. And I just want to like super normalize that for anybody who got accepted an internship. You know, shout out to y'all for uh this year or people who are currently on internship. You know, like it's okay. We are still students. So um that's okay.
1: I used to have before I started internship like weeks before, I used to have dreams about me messing up. Yeah. Like that's how intense it was. Like I I would be in the, the treatment team room and I would just mess up doing something. Um, so that, like you're speaking facts. It's it's a real fear. Um, but, you know, we affirm those emotions and also recognize as a part of the process. Like you're not expected exactly. to know everything.
0: Exactly. Like yeah. is real, but you really? just got to you just gotta hit back. You got to hit yourself back with the facts, you know? Mm-hmm. you know, let you know, and be a little cocky. Like, yo, you know, you did X, Y, Z like you wouldn't even be here.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: if, you, if it wasn't for your past experiences and they selected you for a reason. You know, so Period. um, exactly. So I I try to like you know trying to ground myself by you know I'm still learning. I'm still de- I'm still developing. Um, you know, even though I'm uh, I'm this close to finishing my program mm-hmm. and all that stuff, like I'm still developing, and that's something that is um, that's that's a journey. You know,
1: absolutely. And you know what, Garrett, even after that, like after you graduate and like you know after postdoc and you, know, it's going to continue to still be a journey. Yeah. Like the, the journey never stops. We're going to still be students, even if you decide to, like, open a private practice or, you know, be the clinical supervisor of this hospital. It, it's going to continue to be a journey. Like exactly. in our field, we're expected to always be consumers of research. So we should always be learning anyway. And I so, agree. yeah, yeah, I agree. So, Dr. Garrick, I have another question for you. Um. So in, in terms of like being a, a black doctor and showing up in this space, whether it's in the academic setting or in the professional uh, work setting, like on internship. I wonder, has there ever been a time where you experienced, um, you know, just someone having a presumption about you or some sort of judgment that made you uncomfortable?
0: Yeah, that happens sometimes, you know, uh, uh, I'm I kind of I have a light switch, you know, so I'll be in professional mode when I'm at work. But like when I'm out work, I'm you know I'm not Doctor Gag, I'm G. You know what I'm saying? I'm just <laughs> telling, you know, so people take my my goofiness and my just relaxed personality as like somebody who may not be as intelligent or mm-hmm. um, as informed in certain things, you know. And they would try to like check me and things like that. And then when I oh no, I'm actually doing blah, blah, you know, yeah. and I'm this degree and I'm blah, blah, people are like oh wow. You know, seeing tattoos, the nose ring, yeah, my brands, you know, or even just stereotypes within my frat, you know, people just and you know, just being a black man, you know, this mm-hmm. always stereotypes coming. And um I definitely had those conversations with people, but what one thing that I just realized just like, you know what, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um it, it like Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? You know, dealing with those kind of people, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you're going to run into it. You know, I've been in a in in a setting. I'm not going to mention like where, but somebody. I was actually presenting, and somebody um, thought I was doing something else, and I'm like, no, I'm actually presenting here, and da da da, and like, oh wow, I had no idea. I was like, well, now you know, you know. But um, just understanding that people are going to judge you and assume, you know. The, the least about you sometimes depending on how you're dressed mm-hmm. um and, and and things like that but I think when it comes to just dealing with those kind of people just understand that they're the ignorant ones and you don't have to prove yourself to to them you know um mm-hmm. I, I never felt like the need to overexert and just prove that I'm worthy and knowledgeable of certain things because like I'm just like yo who are you you know if anything I bring more to the table than you do you know say but- that again. <laughs> to say, what do you do? But I, I'm not psychology, Dr. Garrett, 24 seven. I, I, there's different size of me. You know, I wear different hats and I think people need to understand that, you know, what does a doctor look like? A doctor looks like somebody who has a doctorate degree, you know, it's, it's not, oh, you, you're, you're wearing a suit and tie every day and you're saying all these big words, you know, no, like, and, and honestly, there's, there's a lot of people who, who, Come off as like who comes off of like as like a facade, you know? They appear like they're they're all that, and then we actually have a legit conversation with them, and, or you're trying to go really deep and or have a, a conversation with some depth. They're just they're falling up short, or they really don't know because they're so service layer, or they know how to say certain things um, to people, and they're just like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But I'm just like, hmm, that didn't make sense. Can you tell me more about that? <laughs> you know, and and now they're like all stuttering, like, uh, no, because like. You know, so just understanding that, you know, that comes with, you know, having confidence in yourself and um, just understanding that, again, be your authentic self, because that will get you further than anything else. You know, the opportunities I've had, the relationships I've developed all be all happened through being my authentic self. And if I wasn't myself, those opportunities wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't be as strong, you know, and I probably probably would be in a different space. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know. So, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I've had opportunities where I fell short and I didn't get it, and it, it was sad. And I, you know, it bummed me out sometimes. But I just tell myself, you know, it, if it what's meant for me is what's meant for me, yeah. You know, so
1: yeah, yeah. yo, Garrick, when as you're speaking, like you're speaking such facts right now, because like I'm thinking if I had changed and listened to people in the professional and academic setting. I wouldn't have I number one, I wouldn't be changing the lives that I am currently. And I wouldn't probably be getting the opportunities that I am currently. Like I um while you were talking, I was just recalling on like, you know, previous supervisors who would, you know, always have something to say about how I would show up or mm. um, you know, nails, hair, like mm. this is me, right? Exactly. And so like, <laughs> and honestly, like when it was brought to me, it was discouraging. Like I wasn't as you you sounded real mature in handling it. I wasn't. Right, it, it, so it, it discouraged me, but then I'm thinking, what would if what would I look like if I had changed or had conformed to this narrative of what a doctor is supposed to look like? Like I literally have, you know, people reaching out. Like, it, my first time hearing this was at ABC, right? So, um, I, not that previous statement, but what I'm about to say. So at ABCI, I presented for the first time um, by myself. I did um, pretty much like my dissertation or whatever. And so I had so many young Black women walking up to me saying, I love how you're showing up authentically as you. You inspire me. I'm about to apply for internship and you just let me know I can go on these interviews showing up as me. Right. And, you know, just hearing that like gave me chills because like just I can just imagine who I would not be influencing if I had changed, if I had conformed. So, you know, you're, you're definitely speaking facts.
0: And the thing is, you're being your authentic self at the ABC conference. And you didn't even know that you were inspiring these people. You know, we don't even know who being inspired by listening to this. Like I went to my interview, having this nose, this nose, this hoop nose ring, like, you know, I had, I had braids, you know, and I showed up to internship like that, you know, cause like at the end of the day, like, how I, you know, express myself has nothing to do with mm-hmm. my clinical work, has nothing to do with my intelligence, has nothing to do, you know, with what I can bring to the table. You know, the, the Crown Act just got passed. So, yeah. you know, there's no discrimination against hair. And like it's yeah. 2022 and a law had to be passed about people can't discriminate against hair, you know. And I feel like we're, we're seeing a transition on people just being who they are authentically mm-hmm. You know, and not being afraid because, you know, um, my mom, I, I grew up my hair, I had like fro and like curly hair, stuff like that. And my mom, you know, another you know, old generation, she's like, yeah, you should cut your hair, you know, um, uh, around, especially my internship uh, interviews, you know, you should cut your hair because, you, you know, people may not like, you know, like all, all the hair. You know, I was showing up to in, uh, internship interviews with the Afro, you know, obviously mm-hmm. it was haircut, shaped up, all that stuff. But, you know, if you, if, if, if how you're, if how you look is, neat, tidy, and kept, there shouldn't be an issue. There shouldn't, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all about who, who we are, what we can offer, right? Not necessarily what I look like. Um, Because, and like I said, I I think you're living it. I think by you being like a young, young, gifted and black, um, (laughs) (laughs) you're inspiring, period. You're inspiring so many people um so so Garrick, what what advice would you give to someone who is feeling the pressure of being a black doctor like what what would you say to them in this moment
0: I would say um embrace that pressure you know also have find a village you know like you know to quote you know if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together like mm. find a village like within my cohort you know like i said i was the only black guy so um my little squad was um, like four black women and and we were just riding it, we're just riding out, you know what I'm saying? We're all on internship now and and we're doing well. One's actually getting married, I'm gonna be in ETL next month, if I get lit. Oh. Yes, <laughs> but you need people to lean on, you know, like this this program, you know, it's five years, four four years. Like I had four years' academic classes, in my fifth year, you know, four years, like you're gonna, you're gonna need help. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be don't be stubborn, seek help. You know, seek help from people who've been in your shoes, you know, so finding that village, seeking help, seeking mentorship, you know, understanding that you are not the first and you will not be the last person going through this process and understanding that, you know, for me changed it. OK, I'm like, you know, whenever I was going through hardship, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do it. I'm just like, nah, so-and-so got it. This person's finishing this person's doing that. And I'm just thinking about, like, you know, my 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 cousins, my my sibling, you mm-hmm. know, my younger sibling, my younger cousins, you know, they're looking up to me. And who am I if I fail? Not fail, but if, but if I quit, you know, because you're going to fail along the way, and that's okay. But understanding that, you know, giving up for me just wasn't an option. So Absolutely. having that village and having that support system and having that mentorship, you know, can can help keep you grounded. Um, another thing is, you know, we kind of touched upon touched upon it already, being your authentic self, not worrying about, you know, conforming into a, a, a norm if that's not who you are.
1: Right.
0: And um lastly, practice self care. You need to you need you need to practice self care. Like like I said, you know, once I leave my internship, I'm gee, I'm chilling. I'm relaxed. Like don't hit me up around about you no know, work related stuff. Sometimes I bring work home to get it done. That's fine. It's gonna happen. Yeah. That's life, but for the most part, I try to leave work at work because I don't want to get burnt out, you know, and that's one of the biggest things that happens in our field. you know we're too busy pouring into other people's cups, we can't even pour into ourselves, and if you can't help yourself and if you're and if you're in trouble, you won't be able to you know effectively treat other people, so practicing self care and understanding that you know it's okay to like not you know do something school related on that weekend, you know you deserve that. That rest because rest. rest is just as important as working hard. Yeah. You know? So,
1: and we don't have to work for rest. Like I don't have to say, "Oh, I'm a exactly. I'm a rest after I get this done."
0: Exactly. Like you yeah. deserve it. Like you you des- you deserve it. You know, we we've especially like being black people. Like we, I feel like we we work so hard mm-hmm. to try to, to try to just like show the world, like, hey, like we're we're doing like. we're we're qualified we're worthy
1: yeah
0: and sometimes some more than others get so caught up trying to prove to other people you know and it's just like no man like you're you are worthy like rest it's okay you know we're seeing the whole thing with the uh with the supreme court the questions they're asking her judge brown is crazy like they're not like and you saw the chart about like her credentials
1: yes she's overqualified if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your mcdonald's bag as a placemat then that wasn't a road trip it was just a really long drive
0: but participating mcdonald's like she's overqualified and the fact that they're just like throwing her asking her all these random questions and like that that's literally how it is to not just being black, you know, being a black woman, because they're, they're they're going at her for being black woman, but but just being black in America, you know, mm-hmm. um, we gotta work twice as hard to get half of what they got.
1: That's it. Uh,
0: however, even though we gotta work twice as hard, we can still rest. Like we can still rest. Yes, we don't have to work twice as hard to get that rest, like what you said.
1: Yes, rest is resistance. But mm. listen, i ashe Ashay. Uh, Dr. Garrick, I definitely appreciate you stopping by the podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure the people listening right now, especially the students and people who are uh, considering being doctors, were probably inspired by your story. Uh, So we definitely appreciate you. Let us know where we can find you.
0: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Um, You can find me at on Instagram underscore it's itsg94. Also. Um follow my mental health pages on my bio, but I'll shout that out too. It's called Psych Me Out. So psych P S Y C H me period out. So psychme.out dot uh, out. That's on Instagram as well.
1: Awesome. Um, and, and
0: again, thank you, Dr. Shonda. Well, I'm happy to be on page and Dr. Shonda. Uh you know, and so and, and you know, I'm proud of your growth too. You know, I you know from, from us connecting at the conference. You know, so me seeing you at graduation and me just seeing your brand just blow up and develop. So I just want to give you your flowers too. And that you're doing your thing too. And I'm, and I'm proud to like, you know, watch like witness your growth And it. Cause like, you know, we're the next generation.